the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. We don't need no education. We don't need no thought control. Welcome to Education Nation, where we tackle the biggest issues in American education. School is now in session. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hackstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I'm your Headmaster and host, Rebecca Hagstrom, and it's a privilege to join you every Saturday evening here on AM 1280 The Patriot. And of course, I'm joined in the studio once again by our producer, our wonderful producer of Education Nation, and my co-host, Mark Durkin. You are too kind, Rebecca. It's good to see you again. How it are you? It is great to see you as well on this beautiful summer week that we have been having. It's just been beautiful. Let's enjoy every moment of it Absolutely. as we can. leaves will be turning color Oh, soon, please right? don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Somebody told me that they were already seeing fall things in the stores, and I thought, uh, no, I know. It's no. It's everywhere. <laughs> uh, well, back in April... April, Minnesota House Republicans fiercely contested a two-page decree in the proposed House Omnibus Education Finance Bill, HF 2400. The debate surrounded the mandate requiring sexual health education curriculum, more commonly known as comprehensive sex ed. Mm -hmm. But what's more disturbing is the Child Protection League and the House Republicans exposed the mandate as the work of Planned Parenthood, although we shouldn't be too surprised by that, should we? During the legislative session, Republican House member Eric Lucero read graphic excerpts from a a Planned Parenthood comprehensive sex ed book called It's Perfectly Normal. And the reading from the book as part of the past Minnesota House education bill was enough to make adults uncomfortable. That's right. Much less kids, right? Um, So you can imagine how teachers and kids were feeling if that were to have been used for instruction in your child's school. That's right. And the Planned Parenthood textbook did not receive passage in the Minnesota Senate, thus excluding it from the final education funding. And these legislative efforts, they go much deeper than our elected officials. And our guest tonight says that teachers unions working with powerful far-left groups are pushing a radical sexual agenda onto our kids Mm -hmm. and to punish teachers, parents, and students who dare to speak out against it. Rebecca Friedrichs is a 28-year public school teacher in California who led the fight against the divisive tactics, politics, and corruption of teachers' unions as lead plaintiff in the 2016 Friedrichs versus California Teachers Association Supreme Court case. Her case paved the way for a precedent-setting ruling just two years later, which freed all public sector employees from forced unionism. Rebecca has been a guest on Education Nation in the past over the phone. Well, she joins us in studio for the next few weeks to discuss how teachers are being used by very powerful organizations to fund these far 
hard-left abortion sex ed policies and the traumatizing effects that they are having on teachers and students in California. Mm -hmm. Rebecca, thank you for joining us once again to discuss what's happening in your home state and what could come to Minnesota if it should find passage in the legislature. It's really great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, Rebecca, during your Supreme Court case, the unions began directing what you have come to call the Friedrichs Fixes. This was happening across the country, and California did this as well as before the Janus decision. Can you share with our listeners what fixes the unions were trying to implement, and in light of your efforts to reverse forced membership in public sector unions? Sure. Well, it was the unions that dubbed them the Friedrichs Fixes, Mm -hmm. and they have multiple around the country, Mm -hmm. but I'll just share three. One of the fixes was that unions felt that if we won at the Supreme Court and everyone was freed from forced dues, Mm -hmm. that the unions should get 30 minutes with every single employee in a union shop, and they should get that 30 minutes to speak to them about how great the unions are and how much they need the unions on company time (laughs) on the taxpayer's dime. So if it's a teacher, you have to pay for a substitute in the classroom, too, while you pull them out. And no one else would be allowed to have that benefit. So mm. any independent organizations right. could not. That is now law in the state of California, the state of Washington, and likely many other states. I don't, wow. I don't know all of them. Second fix that uh, they've really been pushing is that the unions want updated personal contact information on every single employee in a <laughs> in a uh, any unionized workplace, even if they're non-members, updated information, but no one else can get this information. <laughs> of course. That is now, of course. <laughs> yep, that is now law in California, Washington, and other states. The third one that terrified me the most was actually referred to by Justice Sotomayor during uh, oral arguments in my case. And that one was that if If all these people are freed from forced union fees, well, the unions deserve the money. Mm -hmm. They're entitled to it. So if Rebecca Friedrich says, I no longer want to pay the union because they don't represent me, then the taxpayers should be on the hook for paying that money directly to the unions. So they are currently pushing for that all around the country. And it was alarming that Justice Sotomayor was referring to that during our case. Unbelievable. And those are just three. And the justification, did she try to provide a justification for why? I mean, how how did they justify this? She cited California law. And I can't say she was directly pushing for it. Okay. But she definitely she was, was asking it. the question mm-hmm. that, hey, under California law, you know, aren't the unions an agent of the state? So if they're an agent of the state, don't they deserve to have these dues? So the way these liberal oh. justices look at things is they feel that it's easier for the government to control any government agency like a school with only one bargaining agent because mm-hmm. the teachers unions have monopoly control. Now, is that law still being cited in light of the Janus decision? I mean, after your case and after Janus? Oh, the, the first two laws are they're, mm-hmm. they're law right. in several states and being pushed in others. This third one yeah, is a law they are trying to push currently to push. in the state okay. of Oregon and okay. probably every blue state. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Just amazing how bold um, they are. <laughs> yes. They, they're used to having the power. There's no yes. doubt about that. And they don't want to let go of it. That's right. Well, despite the clear ruling in the Janus case last year, teachers unions continued to coerce uh, non-members to pay representation fees. 
What are teachers in California saying about this, and have they brought additional litigation against the teachers' unions? Uh, The question about the litigation, yes, I'll get to that in a minute. But as far as what are teachers saying about being able to opt out, most of them have no idea. I wondered about that. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what I've been doing. Just I mean, Mm -hmm. I've actually resigned my teaching position to full time try to educate teachers around the country that, look, you no longer have to pay an organization that's using your money to fight against your own values, to degrade your profession, to Mm -hmm. cause all these horrible discipline issues in the classroom. Teachers are in crisis today, Mm -hmm. and they have no idea that it's the union they're funding that's causing the crisis. Mm -hmm. So, um, So they don't know, so we're educating them. And then as far as those who do know, they're absolutely disgusted that it is so difficult to get out, mm-hmm. that you're bullied when you opt out. Um, and so there are some teachers in California who have brought a new lawsuit. I believe it's called Mendez versus CTA. I might yes. have the name wrong. Um, and those teachers, all of them tried to opt out right after Janice passed, and none of them have been permitted to opt out. Guess why? Yeah, I was just going to ask. Well, one of the fixes that the unions were doing during my case and during the Janice case was, um, oh, we're going to manipulate, and they wouldn't say it this way, but it was deceit, deceive teachers. And so they came, and they did this to all government employees. They'd bring these little cards that were membership cards and they'd say to them, well, you have to, you have to sign this card. We're just updating your information or whatever deceitful thing they told them, you know, so you can make sure you have your benefits or whatever. Mm-hmm. So all these teachers signed these cards, but what they f- didn't do was read the, the fine print that told them that no matter what happened, if they were freed from forced unionism, they're stuck in the union forever. Why? So oh. these, fo- this happened in Minnesota too. Miss Kim Crockett was, was really blowing the whistle on this in Minnesota. So you've got yeah. teachers here in Minnesota who want out, who can't get out right now. So, um, that's what this lawsuit's all about is saying, look, we want out. We didn't know that th- that right. was deceitful. Yes. And this is against the law to force mm-hmm. us to continue paying mm-hmm. these dues. They have to bring a lawsuit to oh, get out. Oh my goodness. You know, it's, it's, it's bring a lawsuit to enforce the law. Exactly. Right. You know. I, well, and that's it. Almost seems like a movie, but right. it's real. Yes. <laughs> no, no. Movie I mean, these could are, come up with this script. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, you know, you think about what Aaron Brockovich, right? right. <laughs> Why yeah. isn't there an arrogant? Well, you're the Aaron Brockovich of this whole story. There you go, Rebecca. <laughs> so way to go. Way to get out there. Way to get out there. Good for you. You know, again, many teachers in California and across the country are being forced as we just alluded to, to fund these political persuasions and ideologies that align with the agendas of these teachers' unions. Let's turn our focus to the teachers' unions' devotion to what uh, you have termed the far, hard-left sexual agenda. In short, if you could just first briefly describe for our listeners the sex ed law that was passed earlier this year in California and who is ultimately behind its implementation. Sure. Well, the law was AB 329. It's called the California Healthy Youth Act, which is deceitful in itself because there's nothing healthy about it. And it was passed to push comprehensive sexuality education or CSE. Mm-hmm. It was actually passed in 2015. It became law January 1st, 2016. Who was behind it? Well, the sponsors of AB 329 were ACLU, California Latinas for Reproductive Justice, a group called Forward Together, Planned Parenthood, Mm -hmm. no surprise. And there was one other that I can't think of right now. But what really shocks people is those who supported this law. There are Mm. three groups who were supporters behind this law. 
the California School Boards Association, hmm. the California Teachers Association, and the California State PTA. Oh. PTA even. Yes. So I have a chapter in my book, Standing Up to Goliath, about what happened to the PTA in the 60s and 70s, the state and national teachers unions bullied them so severely that the PTA is now taking a stance of neutrality on all issues. In other words, they can never come out against against anything that the teachers unions are for. So the teachers unions, I have a quote in my book of a teacher union leader who literally said, we use the PTA as a front. Because if parents think the hmm. PTA is behind it, they think, oh, it must be safe. Right. Of course, you would imagine that. That's right. Because PTA parents at the local level are sweet and loving, mm-hmm. just like teachers at the local level are sweet and loving. Mm-hmm. But go to the state national level of the PTA, it's right. run by the corrupt people at the state national levels of the, mm-hmm. of the teachers union. Mm-hmm. So they're all in support of this law. So disappointing. Now, just so our listeners understand, okay, um, in light of the Janus ruling, um, we talked about the neutrality now of the PTA because of the bullying they've been receiving. Okay, it, 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 as part of that ruling in Janus, it is illegal to bully those within the schools and the teachers' unions if they want to stand against what the unions are trying to propose, correct? Wow, um, that would that would be great. We get bullied right. every single day. Right. If you stand against the teachers' unions or you dare to stand up and say, I think this is sexual abuse of children, sure. or I, you get bullied. Right. So I didn't read anything in the Janus decision that says that the teachers' unions can't bully us anymore, but wouldn't okay. that be a wonderful that law? Be wonderful? Mm-hmm. Right. If they couldn't bully, <laughs> we suddenly could fix our schools overnight because right. they're bullying and their control and their extreme um, agenda that they push – with their power and, and, and money that they steal sure. from teachers like me, that's what's wrong with our schools. Mm-hmm. So let's try to pass that law. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, specifically, let's, you know, let's discuss the controversies surrounding uh, the revisions made in California's uh, health education framework as part of the state's sexual education program known, as we just mentioned, the Healthy Youth Act. For much of the year, parents have been protesting by voicing their opposition to this. What are the six subject areas within this framework? And would you share with our listeners the most bothersome aspects of the framework that's drawing the ire of parents when we specifically focus on kindergartners through the third grade? Yeah, sure. Well, it's hard to describe specifically six subject areas. So what I'll do is just give you some examples of what's horrifying parents and teachers. You asked specifically about uh, the issues going on with the little tiny kids. So there, um, there are parts of this law where you specifically, we are told, no one can opt out of anything that has to do with the gender spectrum, gender identity. And the reason that they, it's under the guise of anti-bullying. You can't Mm -hmm. opt out because this is all anti-bullying of the LGBTQ. Well, any good and loving teacher out there doesn't want any child bullied, right. whether you're LGBTQ or not. Mm-hmm. We don't let child children get bullied. Mm-hmm. And in my entire career, I never saw this problem of right. these LGBTQ mm-hmm. children being bullied. Uh, on my campus, one of the most popular kids I remembered was gay. Everybody mm-hmm. loved that kid. Mm-hmm. It was the kids who are, you know, 
a little different or have a big nose mm-hmm. or what, that's the kind of kids that get, there's always bullying. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a guise. That's sure. how they push this agenda by saying it's anti-bullying. And then that's how they grab the hearts of teachers and manipulate. Well, anyway, you can't opt out of the gender identity. So, and it starts as early as pre-kindergarten. So four-year-olds. Mm-hmm. So here's basically how it goes. And, and by the way, I want your listeners to know, no good and loving teacher would teach this. This is not good and loving teachers. This is, there's two things. They're either union activists that the teachers' unions have planted in our schools, mm-hmm. or they're teachers who have been manipulated through our teacher colleges that the teachers' unions took over years ago and have, have told these teachers, oh, you're helping to keep these kids from getting bullied. So they believe mm-hmm. they're doing something loving. Mm-hmm. They don't realize they're harming all the other kids. Mm-hmm. But most teachers would never teach this stuff. So um, little four-year-olds are sitting in front of the teacher. Number one, we can no longer call them boys and girls. So the teacher would say, students or children, when you were born, your mommy and daddy didn't know your gender. So they mm-hmm. assigned you a gender. There's, this is what they're told? Mm-hmm. This is part of the curriculum. This is part of the curriculum. There's really a spectrum of genders. I've seen lists of as high as 70 different genders. So it's an ever growing number. Mm -hmm. There's really a spectrum of genders. And someday you'll figure out your gender and the way they manipulate the children. And I have watched these lessons on video. They'll tell kids, oh, here's the color pink and here's the color blue and here's purple. Raise your hand if you like pink and you're a boy and you like pink. Oh, well, then you might identify as a girl. Talk about gender roles. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, that is just the opposite of what they're supposedly trying to achieve, that you're associating pink with girls. Well, (laughs) see, you just hit on something. What they're trying to achieve is pushing an agenda in this country and fundamentally change our culture to undermine parents. They, They truly are trying to undermine the church, undermine parents, undermine our republic. Mm-hmm. It is, it, it truly is an agenda. And any tradition at all. Any mm-hmm. tradition. That Judeo-Christian virtues is mm-hmm. what they're after. They mm-hmm. hate our virtues. So, but they do it under the guise of anti-bullying mm-hmm. and uh, of all of this. So, okay. So, so teachers are now not allowed to do sex ed lessons, girls in one room, boys in another room. Why? Because then you're assuming their gender. And we don't have two genders anymore. There are 70 genders. In California, we're about to get be the first state to have non-binary on our driver's licenses, yes. which means mm-hmm. not one of those two genders. Mm-hmm. You're part of the ever-growing list. So now the classroom has to be genderless. Mm-hmm. You've noticed they're trying to push for genderless dress mm-hmm. codes and mm-hmm. all yes. kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, teach, as teachers, we're supposed to teach children their sexual rights. Mm-hmm. Part of their sexual rights is we... We would never, good teachers would never do this, but we're supposed to teach children, look, you are, you have the right to obtain all birth control methods, including the morning after pill and abortion without parental knowledge and without parental permission. Right now, the law in California states age 12, but they're doing this with children of all ages and they're telling younger children Mm -hmm. younger than 12 so that they know by the time they're sexually active that's right and Mm -hmm. we're required to teach them where the clinics are located the free clinics we're required to help them get there so you could drop your child off at school in the morning your child could go get an abortion you could pick your child up and never know never know so goodness and this is already law i just want to emphasize that in the state of california yep um are there other states that have these types of extreme laws 
oh, sure, I'm not an expert on the other states. Mm -hmm. I live in California, but the teachers unions and their friends are trying to push this nationwide. And this has already been pushed in multiple countries around the world Mm -hmm. through the United Nations for about the last 20 years. It's pretty extreme. Well, we we are talking with Rebecca Friedrich from the state of California. She's a 28-year teaching veteran and was part of Friedrich's um, versus the uh, state of California on public sector unions and what they are doing in the state of California. So we are talking about education and how that has affected the role of education and uh, what is expected of teachers in the state of California, and that's growing to other states. So we're going to just jump in here again. The framework that um, you have talked about in the state of California reads more like an indoctrination manual. Uh, For example, the proposed framework for 7th and 8th grades introduces the concept of spiritual abuse. I think this is very interesting, which is explained and defined to include insisting on rigid gender roles. So in in other words, if you believe that there is binary gender, male and female, um, that's now considered to be spiritual abuse. Talk about the loss of religious freedom and free speech. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, this is deeply troubling. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad you pulled out these words because we've been very concerned about this in California, those of us pushing back on this. This is a direct attack on all religious liberties, a direct attack on Judeo-Christian values. It's a direct attack on every religion because every religion teaches that God created us male and female. It's a direct attack on God himself. Mm -hmm. So um, what they're doing is because we have such a strong argument from the Judeo-Christian angle of, hey, wait a minute, God himself said male and female and we have freedom of religion and you can't teach religion in the schools. So now they're bullying us. Mm -hmm. You're a spiritual abuser. You're abusing the kids and they are gaining in California. They are gaining the authority to undermine parents. Mm -hmm. So you have these Christian or Jewish or Muslim parents who are saying, oh, wait a minute, this is against our religion. And then the state's going to come in through the teachers unions and all these bullies and and tell you, oh, you're a spiritual abuser. It's the same thing as saying you're a homophobe or you're Mm -hmm. a transphobe. That's Mm -hmm. a lie. Mm-hmm. You're not a transphobe because you don't want your child indoctrinated in some, mm-hmm. you know, explicit sexual information at 11 right. years old. Right. You're not a homophobe. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we've been working with some LGBTQ people who agree with us. Wow. They want parental authority, too. Interesting. So it's an agenda. And they and, and like we said earlier, they're literally trying to undermine our Judeo-Christian virtues. That's where that's coming from. It's a mm-hmm. huge one. We need to keep an eye on that, mm-hmm. the spiritual abuse. Right. And in yeah. the spirit of undermining uh, the Judeo-Christian faith and the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Bible, um, there's a book proposed for fifth grade students that's titled, Will Puberty Last My Whole Life? And in the book, the, tes- the text, rather, it asks the question. I had taken a look at the curriculum, and this is word for word what it says. It says, how was sex invented? The book answers that question with this, quote, No one invented or discovered sex. Sex has always been a part of life. In fact, it's how we got here. As animals evolved, new animals came into being from sexual interactions. Sex is the way we reproduce ourselves. So this, of course, is a complete departure from the biblical account of God's order of creation. And again, we see teachers put in the position of having to violate their consciences in affirming something that is passed off as quote-unquote truth in a school curriculum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Well, this has been going on for a very long time, my entire career in every subject area. I'll give you just one example. So I taught second grade for a long time, and in second grade, you teach about dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. Well, every single curriculum states that dinosaurs have been here for millions and billions of years, and it goes on to all of that in the evolutionary talk. It never gives the other side of the argument that perhaps maybe the Earth is younger. It doesn't teach a balanced curriculum. So no matter which side you believe, true education, you learn all sides Mm -hmm. and you weigh all sides and the teacher doesn't tell the kids what to believe you know unless it's two plus two equals four or something but you're supposed to even that's come into question lately really (laughs) that that's scary Uh, that's part of our problem Mm -hmm. but you're supposed to teach balance you're supposed to use your mind you're supposed to grow you're supposed to learn how to dig for research so you can become a lifelong learner Mm -hmm. instead they are spoon feeding our children an indoctrination and it's very very much a godless indoctrination and evolution is a big part of it and and global warming is a settled science and all of this stuff well what the teachers unions did was they rewrote the scientific method they actually crossed out of the scientific method that it's based on empirical evidence and they changed that with it's based on theory and scientific consensus of theory so now they're teaching all these theories as facts. So that's what they did right here. They're teaching these kids this theory that sex was never invented. Pardon me, teachers unions, ACLU, Southern Poverty Law Center. How dare you? Were you there in the beginning? Were you there? Like God asked Job, were you there when I set the stars into the heavens? How arrogant that you would tell children that you don't know who discovered or invented sex. You weren't there. Mm -hmm. And God says he invented it. And God bless him for doing that. What a loving thing for him to do for human beings to invent something so beautiful. And now it's being it's being cheapened by these Mm -hmm. folks. So deeply concerning. Yeah. Yeah. In the proposed health framework for the ninth through twelfth grades, there is an introduction to the idea that teachers should affirmatively acknowledge the existence of relationships that are not heterosexual by actively using samples or sorry examples of same-sex couples in class discussions and the use of gender neutral language to promote an inclusive and safe environment again we have an example that to affirmatively acknowledge something is to have no regard for the first amendment speech protections of the teachers what do you think about that well it's also disturbing because as i mentioned before we're now being told at least in my state in california that we can no longer call the children boys and girls mm-hmm. now boy i taught well i taught sunday school from age 18 mm-hmm. and then i've taught in the classroom for 28 years boys and girls is very tender to me mm-hmm. i say boys and girls at least 100 times a day that is a sweet and precious relationship that they have with their teacher and their parents, mm-hmm. mommy, daddy, grandma, teacher, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. And they've stripped us of that. And now we're supposed to be gender neutral. So um, it's it's definitely a direct attack on our First Amendment free speech rights, especially because teachers around the country are now losing their jobs if they don't go along with this agenda um, for example, uh, there was a teacher who was told he had to monitor a girl in the boys' locker room because she identified as a boy in the transgender locker room thing, which mm-hmm. was pushed by the teachers' unions, too. And he was threatened to lose his job and put on administrative leave because he, which I respect as a man, didn't want to 
monitor a young girl right. with exactly. no clothes on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So teachers are actually in damp in danger of losing their jobs because of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It goes far beyond the speech. The speech is huge, mm-hmm. but it goes beyond that into religious liberties and just keeping your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good time to, to wrap up mm-hmm. uh, for this uh, mm-hmm. this week. We're going to continue this discussion for at least the next two couple of weeks. Again, we're so thankful that uh, Rebecca is going to be joining us in studio. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us again here, Rebecca Friedrich. And we do look forward to having you on the next couple of weeks with us. And we hope our listeners uh, learned a lot about what is happening in uh, California. And, you know, we always know that what starts in California often spreads across the rest of the country. So uh, we're very glad to have you in studio and awakening our listeners and us even to what is happening there. And we hope our listeners will go and listen to this podcast or other podcasts um, at adnationmn.org, adnationmn.org. And we hope you'll join us again next Saturday night when we have Rebecca Friedrichs back in the studio with us. Thanks again. And thank you, Mark. Good to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flint. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.